Women on the Line, produced at 3CR, acknowledges the people of the Kulin Nations, true owners, caretakers, and custodians of the lands from which we broadcast. We pay respect to elders past and present of the Kulin Nation, and we recognise their unceded sovereignty. Welcome to Women on the Line, one of Community Radio's National Feminist Current Affairs Programme, produced at 3CR Community Radio in Nam, Melbourne, and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm your host for today, Scheherazade Blu. Archives are deeply political. They are not just confined to the dusty boxes in the back rooms of libraries. They are in fact crucial to our collective struggle and emancipation. And in this episode this week, we'll be talking about the political importance of archiving feminist struggle in Algeria. Launched in 2019, Les Archives des Luttes des Femmes en Algérie, so the Archives of Women's Struggles in Algeria, is a collective that provides digital and open access archival documents relating to the Algerian feminist collectives, uh, activists and associations since the country gained independence in 1962. So joining us to discuss the importance of archives in activism for feminists in Algeria is researcher and activist Sadia Gassem, who forms one third of, the, of this collective, along with Awel Hawati and Lydia Saidi. Sadia is a PhD candidate in the anthropology of law, researching the family code in Algeria. This interview was originally conducted in French, and it's been translated, and now Aminata Diallo reads out the translation. So Sadia, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us. You've started an archive project documenting or digitalizing um, and making public the feminist struggle in Algeria. Can you tell us a little bit about the project, how it started, what was its aim, and why you think this project was necessary? Je travaille avec euh, Awel Hawati et Lydia Saidi donc euh, sur le projet Archives des luttes des femmes en Algérie. Alors c'est un projet que Awel Hawati a lancé. Our project started in 2019 during the Algerian Iraq. Our popular movement that Awal Hawati launched in March that year and invited us to come and work with her. In 2019, there was a mass popular protest movement called the Hirak, which shook the whole of Algeria, where there were demonstrations and marches every Friday and Tuesday against President Bouteflika's fifth mandate. And also the political system which reigned in Algeria since the independence, which is gangrenous by, by the corruption, by the clientelism, by all the neocolonial system which gives privilege to foreign companies of the exploitation of territorial wealth in Algeria. It was against all of this that Algerians rose up in February 2019. And so Awel launched these projects in this context, because during the marches there was a lot of historical accounts of historical figures from the independent struggle of the Algerian Revolution. It also made her want to go and use archives that she came across at home in her family environment, and she wanted to share them. And so that's how the, the project started. 
So the Project Archives of the, of the Struggle of Women in Algeria aims to document the women's struggle post-independence in 1962. We are trying to constitute a digital repository to document this history, which is little known, if at all. In fact, even if this history of feminist struggle is perhaps known in a broader sense, it is not in detail, nor visually. It is hard to find archival documents of what those women produced in the pre-digital period, where they fought against the family code for equality, for the emancipation of women, for also economic issues not necessarily constantly related to women, such as international issues, such as a united opposition, for example, against the Gulf War or for Palestine. We heard about all this struggle, but we didn't have any documents. We didn't have any archives about it. And so the goal was to go and collect and look for these documents that exist and to digitize them in order to share them. So for the moment, we don't have a very formal way of doing it. The goal of the project is to create a platform and to share it in a free and accessible way to visibilize this story, this history, so that people can seize and use it, whether it is the historians, the researchers, the artists, the activists, the young or the veterans alike, to know and recognize this history because there were feminist struggles in Algeria. This speaks to, I guess, the political significance of these kinds of documents. But what kind of documents do you collect, are you collecting? So we collect magazines, newspapers, photos, audio recordings, videos, as well as pamphlets, speeches, declarations, leaflets. There are also internal documents as of associations, that is to say, internal regulations, charters, things like that. We also recover membership cards, and we digitize them and we give access to all these recovered items at the moment in a drive file and soon we hope to have more a more public platform so you mentioned that you started this project in 2019 um, i guess there's a broader question related to the historical context that you're operating in um, how do you see this archival work uh, related to Algeria's history and history of social movements more broadly? En Algérie, pour le contexte historique dans lequel se situent ces documents-là, alors la plupart des documents que nous avons que nous avons récoltés se situent entre. For the historical context in which these documents are located, most of the documents that we have or that we have collected are situated between the beginning of the 80s and the beginning of the 90s before the civil war. What you need to know is that in Algeria, after independence has been governed by the National Liber Liberation Front, a party that was a revolutionary group during the bloody war of independence against the French, and that at the end of the war became a political party. In other words, it is the National Liberation Front that took power and in a very authoritarian manner, where there was only one party that could exist. There was no freedom of association, no other political party or associ association had the right to exist. 
But that didn't stop women and men from being politically active and creating clandestine or underground political groups. So there were several of these groups, of these underground groups that were created since the independence and that fought in a concrete way, but underground way. So here, we are talking about groups of the far left, the PACs in the Vanguard Party, the revolutionary socialist vanguard. There is also the Workers' Party, Algerian Communist Party, which continue to exist, resist, and to remain politically active. And many women were active in this space. They created women's association where they began their militancy in these groups of extreme left. Then there are also the groups that and student collective in universities across the country. It was here, in the universities as well as the unions and companies, especially where the more militant groups of the far left had the space to form and exist. As there was no possibility to campaign politically in a free or public way, women created Cine Club, a sort of cinema club. It was a way to campaign and build their movement without being repressed or forbidden, because for them it was harmless. They projected films and debated, and for the Alger Algerian regime, it was passable and perceived as harmless. So many women created cinema, cine clubs in universities. And in thus, by 1988, there was a very strong movement in Algeria, big demonstrations which were bloodily repressed. That was really a shock that reverberated throughout Algeria. There was a lot of students who were either killed arrested and or tortured by the police and the gendarmes, or by the military. And so this episode of the movement was so strong and intense and so repressed that so many activists who operated underground revealed themselves publicly and became to write declaration to ask for a freedom of expression, a freedom of association. And so in 1989, the Algerian constitution was changed. It was henceforth possible to create association and political parties. And so this is why we have a lot of documents, documentation, declarations, production reviews from that period. During this period, there was a sort of democratic opening between 1989 and 1992. Many associations were created, and the political parties, including the FIS, the Islamic Salvation Fund, which was able to campaign openly and able to run for the legislative election and won the legislative. In fact, in 1992, the electoral process was stopped by, because the FIS was winning and the Algerian state had started to panic. And there began a power struggle, but in blood. Therefore, at the stop of the electoral process. The militants of the FIS, not all of them, but in many took up arms and a war began between the FIS militants and the Algerian state, well, the military. And from then on, we have very few archives and documents concerning women's rights. We have something else from 1992 and 1993. In fact, women activists returned to working underground and went back into hiding. For many of them, they also stopped being activists. Some went into exiles because they were being threatened and others were also killed. For example, in Tizi Ouzou, a town in the Amasir or indigenous region known as Kabilia, a great feminist activist Nabila Jahnin 
was claimed to be assassinated by the fierce. And that was most of the 90s in Nigeria. In 1999, there were elections with Abdelaziz Bouteflika becoming president, after which the civil, rec civil reconciliation or the civil concord took place, where there was a negotiation to end the civil war with the leaders of armed Islamist group and to negotiate the end. Many were not prosecuted and many lived freely, and for some in very enviable situations. After the civil war, Bouteflika ruled Algeria for 20 years, but there was a small and somewhat democratic opening. It was possible to create associations, so women's associations were created. Many associations formed and reformed with the former activists from the 1980s and the start of the 90s. That's how it started again. Even if the democratic opening was not totally free, there was, pos there was a possibility to create and to organize within the limits, always within the limits of what the power allows. But they created things. They fought, they continued to organize, and to this day, they exist and they continue to agitate, to, com to campaign, to do things. And there is a new generation that is forming and that communicates with the older one. And especially during the Hirak, there was a lot of exchange between these two groups. And you were just listening to a translation by Aminata Diallo of Sadia Gassem speaking about the historical context of the archival work her collective does to document the struggle of feminists in Algeria. So across these stolen lands now called Australia, you have been listening to Women on the Line, highlighting a range of gender non-conforming and women voices broadcast on the community radio network. We'll now go back to learning more about the importance of archives in activism in Algeria. Since we're talking about the recent historical context uh, post-French colonisation, or, well, that form of colonisation anyway, um, one of the documents from 1989 that I saw uploaded to your blog was published on the anniversary of the 1st of November, um, and that's when the Brutal War of Independence officially began in 1954. This specific document that I saw um, explains that women have been betrayed and live a double oppression, one that is colonial and sexist. I guess, how do you read this today, 33 years after it was written and almost 70 years after the start of the war for independence? Alors, ce document est très important et très intéressant, euh, vraiment. This document is very important and very interesting, really. It is a declaration that the Mujahidat, who were the militant women of the Algerian Revolution, they are women who integrated the armed groups of the Algerian Revolution, and they are called Mujahidat. And these are four Mujahidat who signed this declaration entitled Stop the Betrayal, Stop the Segregation, to celebrate the number November 1st anniversary in 1989. Because these Mujahidat took up arms and they fought against the colonialism 
in the same way as their brothers and their Algerian comrades in Mujahideens. And then now, in the 1980s, they found themselves today betrayed in their revolutionary ideals because the Algerian Revolution of 62, it was against colonialism, but in any case, for those women, it was also against the segregation of the women, sexism, and for equality, because they fought with the same weapons. They fought against the same enemy that oppressed them in the same way, and even more for the women, because during colonization, they also faced rapes and kidnappings. As always, women face a double, double oppression in violence in war. Anyway, they thought they would have a place in the independent post-colonial Algeria. They soon realized that they didn't. Rather, they had a family code. That was yet another form of oppression. This code did not grant them the rights and the equality that they had hoped for. So it is an extremely interesting document, and unfortunately, it is so topical because the family code still exists today. Women also struggled during the 90s. They were the first victims of Islamism, the most seriously affected by the civil war of the 90s, and yet they continue to struggle. The last big demonstration was the demonstration of women in 1994 against Islamism. They tried to protect Algeria, not to seek into chaos. During the 90s, they continued to struggle and participate, and to participate economically. And we are still oppressed, diminished by this family code. The family code is a law that governs family relations in Algeria. It says, for example, women cannot divorce freely. They must have reasons to divorce. And if they don't have reasons to divorce, they must pay back the dowry paid during their mar marriage, for example. They don't have the right to the same inheritance as men. They are under guardianship. To get married, they need the agreement, the signature of a guardian. So it can be the father, a neighbor. In any case, a man must come and sign their marriage contract with them, for example. That's the family code. It is under this regime that women in Algeria are governed. And it is completely discriminatory and an unequal code for the right of women. Whereas the constitution, the first constitution, which dates from 1963 in Algeria, stipulates that men and women are equals in rights and in duties in Algeria. But the family code contradicts this. And this democratic statement was extremely important because from the 1980s, the Algerian government attempted to introduce the family code. And it was the Mujahidat that fought against it. And they had all the legitimacy to do so. Nobody could say anything to them because they had this aura of the Algerian revolution. And, say, and so they rose up. And they were the first and they legitimized the fight of the Algerian movement. So yes, it still speaks to us. And it is because Algerian women have always fought and mobilized for the protection of Algeria, for the development of Algeria. But they are still governed by this family code. For example, in 2019, women were numerous during the demonstrations against the fifth mandate, against corruption, and so on. They were extremely mobilized and very numerous. 
But when feminists began to organize to repeal the family code in the Iraq, they were criticized. Many activists did not understand the need to concentrate on this point, especially if the movement asked for a real democracy. But it was necessary to define what this democracy was and for us. It was an equality in right and in duty. It was a social and economic justice, a distribution of wealth for all. But apparently, it was not the time to ask for a repeal of the code. We had to unite first against the fifth mandate for a real democracy, and then to ask for equality. But the problem is we have done that. Women have always been told to wait, to calm down, and to join the struggle of the mass, and then will come the beautiful days of equality. Well, that never came. So that in 2019, it was out of the question. Precisely. This is where the alliance between the old generation the new and the new generation is important. We have learned a lot from the old generation that told us, no, 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 we must absolutely not lie down. We must immediately claim equality and impose it because it remains in the history. It was always taken away from us and we have always allied ourselves with the mass and we have always erased ourselves. The choice was to erase the discrimination made to the woman and why then we were relegated to the private sphere. So here we can see the importance uh, of a project like this, which links the past to the present um, and kind of shakes up our temporal understandings of linear time. For you, what were some of the most moving archival resources that you have come across that speak to this kind of shake-up of history? Because archives are extremely political, whether in Algeria or elsewhere in the world. We see it, for example, in France, on the archives of, of the Algerian Revolution, of the battles of Alger, and it is extremely complicated to gain access to them. And they are always all, the, all under secrecy and inaccessible for many people. So yes, the archives are extremely political, and they can deconstruct above all an official history. Hence the importance, I believe, of our project it is to introduce, to jostle the officially constructed history and the national narrative of what Algeria could be and of what Algeria is today, and how it was built and composed, by which struggles, by which people, because the remnants of what was told to us during colonization remains. We are told that the Maghreb, Africa, has no history. Today, we said that feminists have no history in Algeria. When it would be in fact, yes, they have a history extremely rooted in an Algerian context and an old and ancient one as well. So yes, it disrupts contemporary, contemporary history. The past is not the past. It is totally in the present. As I mentioned earlier, we are told that with the democratic struggle will come the right of women. It is a history that repeats itself, and this time around, we don't want it to be repeated. 
The archive that has most spoken to me and dis- disrupted the story I had in my head was from a document from March 1990, created by the Association for the Emancipation of Women. This document declared the reclamation of their feminist identity. And that had surprised me a lot because in 2019, we had made a declaration and we declared ourselves feminists. And we thought we were the first ones to do it. And even the former activists, in fact, thought the same, but we weren't. In fact, they had already done it during the 90s, where it was the most difficult or the most dangerous to claim to be a feminist because of the rise of Islamism, hence the importance of this archival work. And they dare to do that at the time. Really, it had moved me to read these documents. And even it had moved them because we showed them this document and they were astonished to read it. And were there any other moments that surprised you? Yes, we were taken aback by the form the project took, that we started by exhibitions. It was not at all what we were expecting. We are not part of the art world. And so the first proposals we had were for exhibitions, because in fact, we realized the diversity and the profusion of documents which were produced during this period in Algeria but not their beauty. There are certain stunning aesthetics within the document that we collected. They are extremely beautifully created, which lend themselves totally to art exhibitions. And that has surprised us. We didn't expect militant documents to be so aesthetic. So really, we are very happy to exhibit at the FRAC Center in France or at the Documenta in Kassel in Germany. We are very, very happy that it took this form too, even if at the root of it, we are researchers, and that the goal was to have this history written by historians. But artists, elders, and curators are interested in this history, and that's also important because it opens up a whole other field and visibility. And that's all we have time for today. You were just listening to Sadia Gassem speak about the importance of archiving the feminist struggle in Algeria. Sadia forms one third of Les Archives des Luttes des Femmes en Algérie. And the voiceover was done by Aminata Diallo. If you're interested in finding out more about the archives, you can pop on to their social media, which would be in French, so Archives des Luttes des Femmes en Algérie. Um, you could also Google them. And if you want access to any of the documents, feel free to email them. We'll have any relevant links in our show notes on our website. Women on the Line is produced and presented by women and gender diverse broadcasters at 3CR on unceded Kulin lands. Our show is broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network with financial support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. 
The theme music that we play on our show is by Ripley Kavara. And you can listen back to any of our episodes on our website, 3cr.org.au forward slash women on the line. You can also tune in on your favourite podcasting app. I'm Shahrazad Blue, and tune in again next week to hear more Women on the Line content on your local community radio network. And I'll leave you with audio from the late 80s and early 90s of songs and chants by the now older generation of feminists in Algeria. These chants and songs could also be heard on the streets during the 2019 popular movement in Algeria. The songs were grabbed from a documentary by Merzak Alouash, which you can access on YouTube. I'm <laughs> sorry.